All right, welcome to Reactive episode, I don't know, uh, but uh, tonight it's me, Henning, and Raquel. Hi! Hello, yeah. how are you? I'm I'm doing well. Good, we, good. Uh, we're, we're Khalil-less again. Yes. Um, he's not actually hanging out with any animals. He's just, <laughs> he's just gone. Yeah. Gone. It doesn't yes, matter. But he's okay. okay. He's okay. He's fine. Yes. He should be back tomorrow or next week. Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> Can you imagine this was a daily podcast? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. I don't, what, what happened last week? I don't know. For some reason um, we, oh, you well, were, you were traipsing around in, uh, on this island, I, I think, right? Yes. How did that yes. go? That was amazing. Oh my God. Okay. So the island in question is the United Kingdom. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and I was traipsing around in Scotland, oh, in wow. Edinburgh, and it was amazing. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was so great. Um, we uh, I, I managed to pack a little bit extra sunshine, so oh, it was wow. It was sunny every single day for the entire week that I was there. It was it was cloudy maybe like in the morning, but by like. 10 or 11 in the morning it would like the fog would would lift like all the clouds would lift. it would just be sunny and i mean warm is kind of a weird word for scotland at least coming from california like <laughs> uh, yeah like it wouldn't quite hit 20 degrees celsius it would, it would still stay below 20 mm -hmm. but for scotland that's pretty warm i think yeah yeah, I, I don't remember. Well, I took a train ride into Edinburgh and I stayed there for four or five days and it was soup. I could not see anything. And I'm really, really jealous because, I mean, you know, the pictures you see and stuff are just absolutely amazing. And yeah, uh, yeah so awesome. Oh. That's that's fantastic. It was phenomenal. I recommend everybody go visit Edinburgh. It was just like we liked it so much that we were like, Hmm, maybe we could live here. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was, it was like Edinburgh wooed us, wooed us hard. Wow. I was like, I don't like, I'm powered by sunshine. It's like, okay, here's all the sunshine you could ever need. Well, then I, I like, would, I then I would it. advise you to, to visit a few times during different times of the year because it's Probably not always like that. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. People were telling me that, uh, so, uh, the reason I was in Scotland was uh, not only for like a little bit of vacation, but also to attend Scotland JS, uh, which is the kind of uh, it's a community conference uh, for for Scotland, but really a whole bunch of people from all over the UK and Europe uh, attended, and it was really fantastic. And um, it for for our American listeners who are in the JavaScript scene. You may be familiar with Cascadia JS. To me, Scotland JS was kind of the European version of Cascadia. It was really, really great. It was really, it was. I would say that the percentage of talks, or like the talks, basically were like a breakdown. A breakdown of the talks would be something like sixty forty technical, non technical, um, maybe even fifty fifty. Actually, thinking back on it, there were a lot of talks about like more than you would normally think about um, the humans behind technology and that was really fascinating um, a lot of talks about diversity and inclusion about anti-burnout um, 
I gave a closing keynote about fear and how we don't talk about fear and what fear really is and how it manifests itself in our bodies and then how we can kind of try to tackle it as we, you know, experience it and, and things like that. Um, and I, I want to give a shout out to one of our reactive listeners who mentioned it. So, okay, a couple of weeks ago, no, a couple months ago, a month ago, month and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got it. <laughs> Some time ago, uh, after I gave, I did the, the podcast, the, uh, the, the change log. Yes. Thank you. The change log podcast. I, I do a podcast every week, folks. I forget. Okay. Um, <laughs> so after the Changelog podcast, uh, one person in our reactive Slack said, hey, Raquel, it really was wonderful to hear you talk about how you're scared all the time. And because a lot of, a lot of you know, people who kind of have a, a name for themselves in the industry don't ever talk about that. It just seems like they're completely and totally fearless and that's how they manage to accomplish things. And other people will kind of be like, wow, I can never accomplish those things because I'm so scared. Well, I guess I'll never do it. And I, I very openly said, yeah, I'm scared all the time. Um, but I figured out how to like manage my fear and I managed to accomplish, you know, what things I've accomplished so far. And because of that, um, I had been working on another, idea for this closing keynote and it was going nowhere like I was I had drawn up like a bunch of slides and tried to put together an outline and it was it might as well have just been vomit on <laughs> on like concrete like that was how interesting it was it was so it was bad it was really bad and I was like I can't deliver anything like this, this is terrible and I just like had to think and I I remembered that like that really wonderful comment on our reactive Slack. And I was like, hey, wait a second. Nobody ever talks about that. Let me try, let me think about that. And and see, and then like suddenly this talk just completely flowed out of me. And it was like, I can do this. I can make this thing happen. And so I did on on the second day of Scotland JS. Um, and uh, I like to think that I did pretty okay. And that is so cool. You got so, inspiration from our listeners. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I know. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to our listeners for that. Um, I really, really appreciate it because otherwise I, otherwise I would have had to do my backup plan, which is um, a a interpretive dance of the life <laughs> of Waka. Like that's the only thing that I know how to do otherwise, right? Like it's just like, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, so I, I gave that talk and that, that went really, really well. And the community at Scotland JS is just fantastic. It was so great. I want to give a shout out to some reactive listeners. I didn't take any pictures. I'm so glad. <gasps> what? I, take pictures. I know. I forgot we had like little mini reactive meetups like all over the place all the time. And I completely forgot to take pictures. Oh, um, I know. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Um, but what if we just said that the Scotland JS photographer probably took pictures of a bunch of us at the same time? <laughs> yeah. And so maybe we can pull that off. But um, yeah, but but definitely shout out to to the folks at uh, at Scotland JS who are part of our reactive community who I got to hang out with for the first time ever, and it was so fun. And um, yeah, I had a really really great time. That's I awesome. had such a great time. That's awesome. So, is uh, is 
like what kind of stuff can we find online as far as this conference? Are the talks online? I guess you you hinted the pictures might be or already are. Yeah. Um, so the I so my understanding is that the neither the pictures nor the videos are up yet. Okay. But um, my my slides are certainly up. Uh, yeah, I saw those. Uh, Somebody, somebody actually wrote up a kind of an overview of the talks that he saw, mm-hmm. um, and um, so I can put that blog post in the show notes so people can kind of get a like a first a first glimpse at the talks. I mean, they were really really phenomenal. So many interesting talks, um, and. So were, yeah. were you actually able to attend uh, some of the talks? Because you, if you had the closing keynote, I don't know how, um, you know, nervous you are or how much you still needed to prepare. But I don't know. Did that let you uh, enjoy the rest of it or the whole conference, or were you sort yeah. of yeah? No, on actually, the talk? I attended the entire conference minus maybe two and a half talks. Ah, and that was only because um, the so. The first two talks that I missed was because I I needed to have a one-on-one <laughs> with our VP of engineering and we're so busy at NPM right now that the easiest way for me to have a one-on-one with our VP Eng was to go to Scotland <laughs> where we both gave talks. <laughs> so oh, gave okay. Talks you were Scotland both there. Us. Okay. And so we were both there and I was like, Siege, we need to have a one-on-one. And she was like, yes, yes, we do. Because we've been meaning to have one for like weeks, and you know, sometimes the best way to get a one-on-one is to you know go to a different country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. So apologies to the couple of talks that I missed, um, and then the the second, the the half talk that I missed was um, I, I woke up a little a little late the second day, <laughs> and I had a hard time getting, I see. getting up. Uh, jet lag. <laughs> Jet lag is really bad between California and um, and West Coast Europe. It's yeah. just, oh, it's coming here it's is harder than going back. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. It's it is weird. Yeah, <sighs> yep. That was fun. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to uh, seeing pictures and uh, hearing some of the talks. Yeah, they were Excellent. they were really good. One of my favorites was um, Substack. Uh, James Halliday. Gave a talk about um, uh, gave a t- talk about going to South America and using Node to create a peer-to-peer network to help map the border of, of uh, between between Uruguay. I think and Brazil. I could be wrong. I might be wrong, but but like between two countries uh, in South America, where, where there's a lot of cloud cover and there are some like questions about where the border really is and all sort of stuff. And there were like villages all along the border, and they were using drones and all sorts of things. But the major problem is that these are places that aren't are they're off the grid. They're completely off the electrical grid. They have maybe one modem with a satellite connection that maxes out at a certain like limit per month. And if everybody in the village comes in and tries to like get updates for their Android phone or like Windows <laughs> oh, no. updates for their computers, like it will completely obliterate the bandwidth for the entire month. Wow. So like 
it was it was just a really fascinating talk about using JavaScript in a real world setting for like something that like really actually matters. Um, sorry, but I'm just I'm over the dry cleaning startups. I'm just over them. <laughs> um, and so it, I just it was just really really beautiful to me to to hear about somebody using this incredible technology to do something really useful. And then like ultimately they had to use like USB keys and a peer to peer network that like he wrote in node and like, you know, sneaker net basically just take the USB from one computer to another, like from one village to another village so that they wouldn't have to use the satellite uplink because it's the same data. So that you don't really need to have, to like reuse the same bandwidth, like, right. or re, like use your bandwidth for all the same data and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it was just fascinating. I really huh. liked that. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So. Woo. Nice. Woo. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How have you been? Oh well. Um, uh, sort of splitting my time between planning an international move and uh, which is very interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, getting your house moved with cars and kids and stuff. And it's very, yeah. very challenging. So if anybody ever needs help with that, let me know. <laughs> okay, I have questions. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> How do you move your car? Like, are, are you going to keep your cars? Yeah, well, this is a, it's a very interesting story. So um, because we are here under sort of special circumstances, my wife works for the U.S. Army um, there's this whole network um, that the U.S. Armed Forces has, and there one of or some of that includes car dealerships where you can buy American cars in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so we have U.S. spec vehicles that uh, we can drive here with special permission, and we can take back to the United States. Yes, so there's the answer for that. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I know. I, I came here and I had no idea that existed. But yes, it's that and stuff that's a lot more crazy than that. So, yeah, we, we um, basically can go to dealerships here that are for, um, yeah, basically American service members only. And you can buy mm -hmm. a U.S. whatever and uh, drive it hmm. around in Germany, which you normally can't do because it has to be modified. But, um, right. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm figuring out how to get that back to the States and uh, learning about container ships and roll-on, roll-off ships and stuff like that. I mean, I would imagine that the, that the U.S. Armed Forces has, like, special relocation container ships. Oh, they do, but we, we don't okay. have access to them, so oh. we're doing it on our own, yeah. Bugger. We're not special enough. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're special to me, honey. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's um, it's just a matter of you know learning a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, yeah, it's just all at once, but it's it's super interesting. I mean, it's yeah, it's just these weird things I never knew existed. I mean, you know. So anyway, that's uh, that's part of what I'm doing. Um, we have about five weeks until our house gets packed, and um, then we're doing sort of a little bit of vacation. And then August 2nd is when we fly out and uh, return. Yeah, so that's that's part of what I'm doing. And the other part is last week I started my new job. Nice! And yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and so 
I have been mostly um, studying, um, trying to familiarize myself with uh, new things, which is super, super fun and just so refreshing, especially because um, it is just, you know, it's modern stuff. <laughs> and uh, by that I mean, um, previously, you know, I'm, as everybody knows, I'm mainly in PHP land and probably going to be, well, we'll see. I don't know what, uh, what this, the new balance is going to be or the split, but, uh, for now it's still PHP backend stuff. And, um, what I'm, what I'm starting to learn is this new framework Laravel, which has sort of taken the PHP community by storm. It, um, it was developed by this uh, guy called Taylor Atwell, and he based a lot of it on his uh, experience from uh, .NET and other things like convention over configuration from Rails. And um, <clears throat> it is amazing compared to what I have been doing. And not only the, sort of the framework itself um, is, is really, really nice, but also the ecosystem that he and the community have built up. And one of those things is something I have never experienced. Uh, for me, usually setting up a development environment when I come to a new company, even if that was C++ in, in the previous job or, you know, PHP with all its um, belongings, like, you know, the databases and various libraries that have to be either built or whatever installed somehow, has been a painful process that has taken days, if not weeks, to get mm -hmm. finalized, mm -hmm. right? Well, these guys said, the heck with that. We're going we're gonna to provide a tool set um, that includes basically a VM uh, under, or mm. among other things. And you can, with a few little commands, install Vagrant and all of the custom configurations that are required for this particular environment and be up and running in the time it takes you to, you know, familiarize yourself with that if you've never done Vagrant and download it. And uh, I had only sort of, you know, ever done the very, very, very hello world in, in Vagrant. And um, so this was totally new to me and it just blew my mind. I was up and running, I think, in two hours. <laughs> it was nice. It was ridiculous. So yeah. it, within two hours, I was actually working on what I was supposed to be working on <laughs> instead of, you know, picking together pieces. And uh, I mean, I know um, VMs are not the, not the new hotness anymore. It's it's containers and stuff and, and all that. <laughs> and yes, they do take a long time to, to boot and stuff like that. And who knows? I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'll run into some limitations or things that I don't like. It's just um, that was something new for me. And it mm -hmm. was like, holy cow, this is this is how it should be. <laughs> 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 and and nice. I mean, up until now with, uh, you know, 16 gigs of RAM, the VM isn't isn't hurting my system at all. And, you know, you just start that thing up at the beginning of the day and you write your code locally. And I just run web server database and everything else in the VM and just browse to it and it works and it's like holy cow so um, that's been that's been really fun uh, just to be able to focus on what I wanted to focus on which was basically um, you know learning uh, about the new the new framework and, and things that go with it so yeah 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 I remember the first time I had a I had a, a like I've, I've experienced that as well 
but it was a Python stack mm-hmm. instead of a PHP stack. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, this is cool. But then it was weird because you could like, you could, you could write code locally, but then it would touch the VM like remotely. And it was all very interesting because it wasn't, it wasn't a VM on the machine. Machine. It was a VM on a server. Oh, okay. And so, like, it was really weird. And I think there's an interesting kind of balance between how much magic and how much, like, not magic you put into that part of the startup process. Because mm-hmm. um, I know, like, GitHub has Boxin, right. which is right. the, like, you know, just run this thing and it'll take all day, but it'll it'll just install everything you need. It sets up your entire system, though. Like in, it sets up your Mac, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can, and they open source that, so you can like update it to do whatever, blah blah. Mm. blah. But at the same time, I don't know. But then, then it's really funny, right? Because at at npm to set up your environment, you it it doesn't really require much. (laughs) It's it. There's not really anything you have to set up Mm because Node doesn't have any like big compilers or any any special things it's just install node and yeah whatever yeah Yeah. but anyway uh, but that's really cool i love i love that aha moment when you're like oh wait i can just get started yeah (laughs) that's that's uh that's pretty much how it was and it was just like what (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> very, very nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to be curious. I think Khalil had said something about him trying, um, you know, virtual boxes um, or VMs and running into some problems with it. And I've heard other people say some issues with um, accessing the data locally. And, you know, I mean, I'm just piddling along in, in tutorials and stuff. So who knows? But uh, so far, um, the overall experience was... Uh, very very positive yeah yeah i think so. i think some people are like just love being mm-hmm. absolutely adore them love them um i know our our cto at npm he <laughs> like when we first started he was like nope we're having a vm we're using a vm it's going to be great mm-hmm. and like because he, he i think he also came from the php php land and yeah. um and he's like like he would just spin up a vm for wh- whatever anything right. anytime vagrant <laughs> He and Vagrant are like best buds. And I was just like, I, uh, what? And he's like, oh, no. no." And that's the part where I think you need to know a lot about how it works. Because he was able to set up a VM within 20 minutes and could have everything he needed in his VM. Whereas for me, it was like four hours just trying to figure out how to build a VM in the first place. And I was like, wait, how do I do this? And then what, how, uh, what? <laughs> and ultimately okay. we ended up not going with a VM, but, um, but NPM enterprise you can get with Docker and, you know, so like, anyway, point is that's awesome. Yep. I'm super happy for you. Yeah. Well, thank Yay. you. <laughs> yes. This was uh, very, very cool. Nice. Nice. Um, so what's going on in the web world? I'm like scared to ask. Um, well, I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, the only other thing that I can report, and this is sort of a, uh, um, well, 
um, you know, I, um, so here's what, here's what always, or has happened to me a lot in the past. So I get, um, an email from whoever O'Reilly or something saying, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, it's 50% off books now or 40% or whatever. And I go and I'm like, Oh wow, that's awesome. And I go and browse the books and I find something that I'm pretty sure I could use, <laughs> going to read. And then I buy one or two and, um, I have them and, uh, I never read them because I just don't get to it. And uh, this time it happened with a, a book that is by, um, uh, what's his name? Adam Wathen, and I think that's how he pronounces his name. He's a PHP developer out of Canada, and uh, he has a really, really, really good podcast called Full Stack Radio. And um, I, yeah, that's one of, one of my favorite podcasts. He's just a really good interviewer. It's not necessarily about only PHP. It's about everything around software development, basically. And um, he got into functional programming with PHP, and he wrote a book called Refactoring to Collections. And uh, he came out with his uh, new book and had 25% off. So I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I said, nope, I'm not going to get it because right, this is going to happen again. I'm just going to buy it, and then I won't read it. And uh, so now I am announcing here that um, I have bought it, and I will read it by the end of the year. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. No. So what you're saying is I need to you set need up to a check, reminder? You need to check up on me, yes. Yeah. Put a, put okay. a Slack reminder in there. No, but it's um, – uh, I think, you know – I, we're hearing all these things about functional programming, especially from Khalil, and, um, you know, PHP's got a bad rap, and, uh, you know, I, I'm this basically my language of choice still primarily. And um, it actually, you know, you can apply functional programming paradigms in it, and uh, I find that very interesting, and I will definitely try to check that out. So maybe I'll have something to contribute. <laughs> nice! Yeah. So anyway, I have not even looked at it yet. I, I read the, the synopsis and it uh, looks very interesting. And I was actually surprised. I mean, I knew that, you know, there's the reactive extensions for all sorts of uh, languages, uh, including PHP. But um, it looks like, you know, people are talking about it and working with it and uh, things are happening. So we shall see. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like... I, I don't know what happened in the world this week. I'm sure things did happen. Um, you know, <laughs> stuff. Stuff and, happened and things, for sure, yes. Things happened. Um, wow. I'm failing. Well, failing. maybe, um, yeah, well, we were both maybe out of it, so... I don't yeah, know. I mean, there was the California primary yesterday, but that's politics. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at. Um, oh, 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 oh! I remember now. Here's something cool. Um, so, <laughs> dear reactive listeners, this is how you know this is totally live. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Uh, for for those of for those of y'all who are really into the JavaScript robots, um, I I'm trying to refrain as much as I can from talking about them, uh, mostly because burnout is real. Um, but the amazing people at Bo 
coup, namely Rick Waldron and Francis Galata. Uh, they so Rick Waldron is the creator of Johnny Five, and Francis is one of the core members of the of the Nodebots movement, along with Rick. Um, and I was obviously also one of the core members of Nodebots, um, but Rick and Francis are, uh, they've been working at Boku for a little while now, and they have been, so for the last several years, there's been an, uh, an international Nodebots day, um, which is, I'm going to say it's like the last Friday, Saturday or something, uh, last Saturday in July, um, it's like July 27th, or I don't know, um, but anyway, the point is, all around the world, people get together on this one day and they build Nodebots. And it's a big community event and there are countries, like so many different countries have participated and it's super, super cool. Lots of different cities all over the world. And it's always weird because there are folks who walk in and they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then there are people who are like, well, I'm kind of bored with the things that I have been doing. I want to do something more interesting. Um, and like, there are always options like, hey, get the SparkFun Inventors Kit, hey, do this, get that. These are like the basic beginners. Um, and I know I've talked about it in, previously on the show about uh, people who have opted to to try the like C slash Arduino uh, programming language instead of trying JavaScript. Um, and that's totally cool. I have no, no animosity at all towards that, um, you know, Honestly, just play with stuff, and if you're excited, then go. I don't care. Um, but the fine folks at Boku have um, they have released the Johnny Five Inventors Kit, so kind of like the Spark Fun Inventors Kit, but specifically for Johnny Five. And they've created a bunch of tutorials using Johnny Five, so that you can start learning both Johnny Five and electronics at the same time. And so this is created. So fun backstory: Rick Waldron created Johnny Five. Um, he's also a, a member of the jQuery board. And so everything that, uh, so if, if you've ever played with Johnny Five, it, if it feels like jQuery, it's because it's supposed to. Um, and Francis is an electronics guy. He's like really into electronics and he loves teaching electronics. And so the two of them paired together kind of makes this perfect, perfect duo of somebody who really knows and loves JavaScript and, and Johnny Five and someone who really knows and loves electronics. And I know a lot of people have complained about like, okay, well, I know how to find Johnny Five online, but if I don't have the components, then it doesn't make any sense. And then there are a bunch of people who are like, okay, I got the SparkFun Inventors Kit and I have all the, the components, but now how do I get started with Johnny Five? Well, now you don't have to worry about that because the two of them are together in this one kit. And you can actually buy it on sparkfun.com, which to me is really cool. Um, and so I will put that in the show notes. Um, but I think this is going to be a really cool and fun way for people to kind of play with JavaScript and Node and Johnny Five and robots and electronics and all of that good stuff. Um, and it's out now, available for, I think it'll be shipping soon, just in time for International Nodebots Day. So, nice. um, <clears throat> even I though think, I, I really, that's really nice when they, when they, I mean, I don't know what it is, but um, when they start putting, things together in sort of um an easy way to get started i mean you you had mentioned you know squishy circuits in the past and now this that's 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 really cool where you you can get like everything in a box basically 
Yeah. You know? um, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I, I may sound lazy, and I, I remember, you know, when I used to you know, build my own PC from components and stuff. But that was, you know, a time before I had kids and stuff and I had nothing better to do. Um, but this, this is great. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. very, very nice. Yeah. 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 So super excited about that. And um, I think uh, I just, I like, I love it when people kind of come up with like an easier way for people to get into stuff. Cause it's just, the barrier to entry is already so high. So mm-hmm. any opportunity that we have to kind of lower it, I think is going to be good. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so speaking yay. of hardware, um, I talked about, um, you know, buying all this stuff, these components to fix various Apple devices a few months back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I had changed a battery early on in my wife's phone and that's working nicely now, but I finally, finally got around to sort of by, um, well, because I have no other choice, I was going to give this, or I'm going to give this iMac to to my mom, and I had to, you know, basically get it fixed before we leave. So uh, <laughs> I did that yesterday in the evening, and uh, I changed the the hard drive in it, and oh my gosh, that is ridiculous! It took me like an hour to switch <laughs> out a hard drive. I mean, that's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know? And there's like, yeah. I don't know, 25 or 30 steps to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I, I was totally just just blown away by how the thing is put together. And, you know, obviously it's this this compact device with, um, you know, everything in in the screen, basically. But wow, the way they, they built that thing is nuts. And, and what sort of amazed me the most about that and then also changing the um, the battery in my iPhone 5 which I did yesterday because it was lasting for about three hours and now it's back to normal but is the size of the fasteners in these things they are so tiny they're like two millimeters long by maybe a half millimeter in diameter or something like that I mean they're so small you have to touch them with tweezers so I can understand how you maybe make the screw itself, but how do you make the hole with the threads in it that goes <laughs> into like what kind of tool cuts the threads for a tiny screw like that? That's insane. A really tiny little yeah, I know, but it's just screw maker. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so so small, and uh, yeah. yeah, but it works. So yay! Yeah, all these ridiculous little connectors and. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, 30 steps later, the thing runs, and I, I got OSX running on it. And that, was, that was really fun. It was a really fun Good. thing to do. Finally, again, fiddling around with, you know, parts instead of twiddling bits, I guess, you know. <laughs> So good, good experience. So that that's another thing I did, which was which was fun. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Totally cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than that, I don't know, I... Uh, I I have never been off Twitter for this long ever. I think I have, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, my nothing. gosh, nothing. <laughs> I have not looked at that. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what other what other talks were there at uh, at the conference that you thought were cool? Like like of the non technical ones. Yeah, but okay. Yours was Sphere, um, and then, yeah, what was the other stuff that was notable? Yeah, so there was um, there was a talk about 
um, how to ask somebody for their gender, hmm. um, acknowledging that we do not live in a in a gender binary world, uh, mm-hmm. despite what a lot of people would like to think, and um, what an appropriate way to do that is in a way that's respectful of people. And it, it was interesting because, like, the the speaker spent the entire talk like it was it was a 20 minute talk but didn't didn't actually say what to do until like the very last like three minutes oh wow (laughs) it's about the first 17 minutes talking about like first of all ask yourself do you really need to know a person's gender like what's the point right Mm -hmm. so like if it's like if, if it's for a music service why do you actually care what a person's gender is like if you're doing it for demographics so that you can improve diversity over time that's one thing but if you're doing it so that you can say oh well since you're a woman then we should put more britney spears into your into your playlist Mm. like that doesn't make any sense because there are lots of women who hate britney spears and there are lots of dudes who love britney spears and there are lots of people who are neither women nor dudes who hate or don't love or don't hate. I don't know. Who love or hate Britney Spears? I don't know. I don't know. Right, right, right. So, like, it's kind of like, it's it's really kind of putting the question of, is this really something you need? Is this really something you care about? Um, and if it is, then here's really how to do it. And it, it ultimately comes down to um, let people write in their own gender but knowing full well that parsing is hard, uh, someone else gave a talk about uh, visualizations and did an interesting visualization on genders. And it was interesting because there were a lot of people who wrote down, like a lot of people would put down like male or female or man or woman or boy or girl. But then some people would have typos. Some people would put down none. Some people would put down, I think, I think there was one really interesting one which is like helicopter fighter pilot. <laughs> like it was like, it was something really weird. And it was like, okay. And like, but the, what's really funny about the fighter pilot one was that there were three people who wrote that. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like one random person. It was like, I wonder people. if that's because there's a video circulating right now. Um, my wife showed it to me. There was this, there's a school class and these kids are asked, can't remember exactly how it goes, but basically they're saying, you know, um, they, they, they address or they, they name the profession in, in a gender neutral way, like helicopter yes. fighter pilot or yes. fire person or something like that or firefighter, yeah. not, you know, yeah. and then the other one, I can't remember what the third one, the surgeon or something like that. And they were yeah. asked to, I think, draw pictures or something like that or... Mm-hmm. And and shockingly, you know, all these kids, which probably were half and half, you know, girls and boys, mm-hmm. most of them identified all of these professions with males. Yeah. Like very, very yeah. few yeah. kids actually said that these were, you know, you know, females. And then they had three uh, people come in and they were dressed up so you couldn't see, you know what they were and so the fighter pilot took took her helmet off and it was a woman yeah and firefighter <laughs> same thing and then the surgeon also and the, the kids were like dumbfounded you know yeah like mind-blowing yeah like, what yeah. yeah no totally um 
Exactly. Exactly. So, um, sorry. So yeah. So sidetrack. So no, no, it's all good. It's all good. So then, so what the like the the final iteration of the how to ask somebody for their gender is to have um, like a radio option of like male female input, and so like that way most people are going to be like so the people who did male female female, man, woman, boy, girl, will automatically know which one of those two options to pick Mm -hmm. and then have a third option for all the other write-in ones. Right. Make it just a little bit easier. And uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Like, it it was like a, okay, like, this is a problem that we know exists. And for the rare cases where you really do need to know somebody gender um here's kind of the best way to do it it's not the easiest way um because you'd still have to parse out the the Mm write-ins but at least you give people the opportunity like like you don't say male female other because then you're othering and it's not like a male female like undisclosed because some people are perfectly happy telling you that you know they identify as neither male nor female Mm -hmm. but instead identify as you know, whatever. Um, and you should give them that opportunity. Like, it's not like, well, obviously, if you're not male or female, then you probably don't want to tell us. It's like, well, actually, no. Some people are really proud of it, and it's totally fine for them to tell you. They mm-hmm. want to tell you, but you're right. not giving them the option. Yep. Um, so, so it was an interesting talk. Um, one of the kind of, like, most lauded talks from a, like, non-technical standpoint was uh, Robin Maynard's uh, talk on burnout and he it was called surviving javascript and he basically talked about how it's really easy to get burned out even just being a member of the community because there's so much stuff going on on twitter there are so many frameworks that you have to learn and there's this constant notion of well you can only be a beginner for a little while and then you're supposed to be an expert and if you're not an expert then obviously you're a beginner but if you're if you've been a beginner for too long then what are you still doing here and then da 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 and you're just it's like mm-hmm. i mean he spoke so <clears throat> fast i think <laughs> he was just really trying to like get all this information in but at the same time like you could see that that it was really near to him like this was something that was very personal to him yeah and um i think a lot of people also really related to it cuz um you know, I know I certainly have had to step away from JavaScript outside of work hours just because it's so overwhelming. There's just so much stuff going on. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was that was really, really cool, really interesting. Yeah, I think that's something that probably affects most of us sooner or later or sometime in our yeah. in our lives, and especially in this, this kind of career. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, I, I try to... You know, do some of the things that you've suggested. I, I really like the idea of climbing. Um, mm-hmm. I have yet to, to be able to do that. I hope to start that in 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 the states or, or something yeah. similar. Something that mm-hmm. you know, like you had said, that requires you to focus. Um, yeah. And take your mind off of it. I mean, that's one of my biggest biggest problems is just being in my head all the time with the problems from work and you mm-hmm. know not being present with the people around me because of it, you know, that that's really, yeah. that's a, a crappy thing, you know? And so just to be able to turn off and, and just leave it behind is so hard. Yeah. You know? 
I always so. remember this this um, this picture. There's like these this couple lying in bed, and and she's like wondering what's going on. He's turned away from her, and she's like you know thinking he has an affair or she's not he's not interested in her anymore, and he's just laying there saying, "Why does my code not work?" <laughs> so it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's it's so important to just be able to turn off that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were some really great technical talks as well. Um, uh, I'm a little biased, but CJ did a an NPM uh, a, a talk about metrics at NPM. Hmm. Um, like that was kind of the title, but it really it, it hit a little bit more than just figuring out like how things are working in, at, at NPM and, and really touched more on the how do you know when when your infrastructure is doing well or doing poorly and how can you prevent your infrastructure from just falling apart? Um, how do you how do you how do you acknowledge that there's a human side to your infrastructure and still take care of them? So what I mean by that is I think a lot of startups will make will basically put everybody on pager duty and say, okay, well, when things go wrong, you are in charge of fixing it uh, one day a week or whatever, or every day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, of course, without fail, the time when everything goes wrong is probably somewhere between 2 and 5 a.m., mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is exactly when you don't want to be woken up. On Saturday uh, or Sunday, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, you know, half hungover trying to like figure out why like everything is broken and falling over. Um, and so like making decisions that are like, okay, how do we make it so that our our humans don't get interrupted in the middle of the night. How do we make our infrastructure such that we can trust it to scale well, even you know when there's something going wrong on the internet? But you know, we you still people still need to access your service. And so she talked a lot about how we use metrics um, and monitoring to to achieve that goal. But but not only just like hey, this is what metrics are, but actually here's how we implemented it. And I, I really like those talks because I think a lot of time people people will give a technical talk on something really broad and they'll just be like, this is why metrics are important to your system. And it's like, yes, okay, I agree. Metrics are important. Now, how do I get started? What do I do? And people will be like, look at this documentation and see you later. It's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I actually want to know, like, what module should I look at and everything. And so she actually said, like, these are the modules that we use. This is the order that we use them in. And, like, I mean, sometimes you just need a little bit more of a pointer so you can start reading more, like, deeper documentation with, like, actual how-tos as opposed to just a, yes, monitoring is important. Ta-da! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. And then uh, somebody gave a talk about using Electron with... Um, uh, to build to build their their latest and greatest mail app, and I was floored. I was just like, "Whoa, Electron!" Like for the first time in a like in almost a year, I think I was excited about the possibility of having a technical side project again. Really? I was like, wow! What? Oh my god! I want to build this thing. I want to play what with this. What about it though? Tell me. Um, tell me. So like. Okay, so so the premise behind Electron is that it basically allows you to have a desktop application that works on any platform, right? Like Atom uses it, Slack uses it. It's 
it's basically a desktop application. Visual Studio Code does too, I think. Yeah. Does it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so like there's so, there's actually quite a few applications that are using it now. Um, and, and so like the idea that you no longer have to necessarily be a Cocoa developer so you can build things for Mac or a .NET developer so that you can build things or sorry, a C sharp developer. So you can, uh, build things for, uh, windows machines or a, you know, whatever, like you shouldn't have to, if you want a lot of people to use your app, your application for for the desktop, like it kind of sucks if you have to make them specifically for each and every single platform. Cause then you have to hire people who are specialists in those platforms. But especially since we're JavaScript people at this JavaScript conference, Electron allows you to build an app, an application that will go across platforms, but using HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. And so this person used Node and uh, and React to build an email application that can be used on any any platform. And I was just like so floored. I was just like, that is so cool. <laughs> and I think. I was I was explaining it to my husband, and he was like, "Oh, so it's like phone gap, but for the <laughs> yeah." And I was like, "Yes, that's exactly it. Electron is phone gap for the desktop." And I was super excited about it because I suddenly had all of these really cool ideas of how we could do some neat things, like especially like in NPM land um, with. Because there are so many people who hate the the command line. There are so many developers out there who hate using the command line because it's scary and weird. And especially if you're like, um, like I remember the first time I had to go into the command line and it was just because of Node. It was only because of Node that I actually stepped in and was like, all right, I will start using the command line. Uh, and I was like, if it wasn't, if I wasn't so excited about this Node thing, I would, I would stay away. And I think that there are a lot of people who are like, I'm not touching Node. It requires the command line. Count me out. Um, and so I think it'd be really interesting because you see so many more developers in Microsoft land. And maybe it's because Microsoft has been around for a lot longer, but they don't have a command line. They just develop everything, you know, in GUIs. So anyway. Yeah, that's actually really, really interesting you say that because I've seen quite a few projects do exactly what you had just indicated. It's basically... Um, moving not away from their command line heavy, you know, way of doing things, but basically adding a, a UI to it that lets people lower the barrier to entry and get up and running with it quicker, mm -hmm. at least with, you know, the most essential um, functionality. Um, <clears throat> one of those things was, for example, Symphony, where you can get projects started really fast with a, with a UI instead of having to go through Composer, which is the equivalent or the NPM equivalent in PHP land, to install everything and set it up. So, yeah, they're going down that route as well. So, interesting idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the whole the whole concept of this cross-platform is, is, is very, very intriguing, I think, because um, there's been these, these attempts to do stuff like this in, in the past, but this seems mm -hmm. like the most, I don't know, to me at least, the most promising and, and uh, powerful. I mean, especially if you see the examples out there, I mean, you would never imagine that, you know, an IDE would work as fast as it does 
yeah. example, Adam. Holy mm-hmm. cow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's totally amazing. And uh, so yeah. it's um, it's it's totally feasible to do all kinds of applications on top mm-hmm. of this. So very very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Super cool, super fun. I can't wait for the for the videos to come out so I can share them with everyone. Yep. Just be like, watch this one, and this one, and this one, and this one. <laughs> Basically, you're just going to have to take an entire week to like, or like, yeah. just take an entire weekend. Because most of them are only 20 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, That's yeah. a good length. So, so, so the conference was two days? It was two days and yeah. single track. So oh, there was nice. only the one track. So it was, ultimately, I think it came out to like 15 speakers uh-huh. or so. Um, which to me is is perfectly like you can handle it. Oh, the other thing that I really loved about Scotland JS, which is something that I haven't seen any other conference do, and I would really encourage conference organizers to do this, is after every three talks, they had a discussion track where basically they they sent all of the three speakers who had just gone into different uh, areas around the venue. And if you wanted to follow up or ask more questions or go a little bit deeper on any of their topics, you can go to their kind of just dis- discussion nice. section. Nice. Wow. And that's awesome. So like what and what this does is it it allows it allows the organizer to say, look, no QA because QA will just derail everything. Yeah, and you, you can, can never stay time on anything. track. Yeah, that's excellent. Right. And it's great for the speaker, I think, because it allows them to say, Okay, I can't cover everything here, but let's talk about it more later. But also it protects the speaker from the people people who are sitting there like, well, you know, this is less of a question, more of a comment and trying to like up upstage the speaker. Like if you're suddenly going to go in in front of like a whole bunch of other people and say, well, you know, let me show you how much smarter I am than you. Like <laughs> it's a lot more intimidating to do that in front of a whole bunch of other people who also very obviously have interest in, in hearing more about what's going on. Um, and that, that was really phenomenal. That was fantastic. It was It was super cool to like dive a little bit deeper. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a discussion track, so I didn't get to talk to anybody about my talk. Aww. It's okay, though. That's kind of what happens when you're at the very last one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everybody hit the bar. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone left to go get dinner, and then we went to the bar afterwards. Yeah. Um, but oh, I love Europe. Sounds I love like a Europe, good time. and I can't wait to move there one day. Best of luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, All right. I think we're on time. I think we, I think. we did good. Wow. We filled yes. an hour. Unprepared, we filled an hour. <laughs> unprepared. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, anyway. Khalil was not here, but, but that's okay. Next week. Yep. Next week. We will get, get it going uh-huh. next week again. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. Oh. oh, wait. Do we have news? I think we have some new Slack people. No? Uh, yes, we do. We do. We do. Um, how do I... I still don't know what the like fancy thing that Khalil has. Oh, yeah. I think that's... Uh, he's um, he's su- super mega user, and he's the only one that can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. All right. So I think... Uh, I believe we've said hello to Orc Dork. Orc Dork? Hmm. So, yeah. Orc Dork. And hi to Toby and Sean and Eric Poe. So, 
Welcome. Welcome. And yeah, so. Very nice. And um, as far as I can see, no, no new reviews. You scrolled down, right? Um, Yeah, I clicked the, uh, like the refresh and fetch more and Uh, uh, nothing there. Okay. This last one is about a month ago. So. All right. No problem. Well, if you would like to join us on our, on our Slack channel, um, or leave us a review, which would be super nice because then we can have, you can help us find more listeners, uh, like yourself who can then also join the reactive Slack where you can talk to people who also like things like, you know, technology, um, and can be an inspiration for me and my talks. Uh, you can, you can access both of those things via our show notes, which are at reactive.audio. Yep. I guess I will I will always be known as the, the scroll challenged person. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> oh Alright, I'll stop. I no. will stop. Oh that's fine. Say it again. That's totally no! fine. <laughs> anyway, yes, um reviews would be nice, like uh, Raquel said, people can find us uh or discover the podcast and uh listen to us and see what we have to say. And um yeah. My name is uh, Henning, and I am H. Glattergotts on Twitter, and I will talk to you next week. Yeah, and I am Rockbot on Twitter, and you can reach all of us at ReactivePod on Twitter. And uh, Khalil's at Khalil Tweets. You know, give him a little bit of flack for, (laughs) you know, not, for for having, for being otherwise engaged. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, he's still he's still Khalil tweets that young coconut yeah. is just his. Uh, he changed something there, but I don't think that's his actual handle. No, no, I think yeah. it's still Khalil tweets. That was his so. uh, Thailand. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah exactly. Handle, his vacation handle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's still on vacation emotionally. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, we miss you, Khalil. We'll see you next week, and to all of our listeners, thanks for listening. All right, and see you soon. All right, bye. Bye.